The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. I'll tell you, uh, let's check the sound first. How's the sound? Too loud? That's good? Okay. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself first. Um, I lead a Sangha in the city in uh, Davos Triangle uh, every Monday evening uh, and also uh, do frequent uh, day-longs with my Sangha in San Francisco and beginning to teach at Spirit Rock, uh, teaching a meta retreat in January and just about complete with a four-year teacher training program, the Spirit Rock IMS teacher training program. So I've especially valued the um, long retreat practice um, uh, and uh, I'm someone who's continued to have a work life through a very dedicated practice. So I'm just completing a career and uh, really had the intention of bringing the Dharma into my life, into my practice in a, in a working world. So I really love to teach the immediacy of the Buddhist teachings, the immediate possibility of realizing freedom right here and now, that the freedom we seek is not far away, but right here. So that really uh, comes to my talk, which is on letting go. Letting go to right here and now. At times over my practice period, it used it as a, almost like a mantra at the beginning of every sitting on long retreat, setting the intention for letting go. And you can really think of letting go being at the very heart of practice, in many be- ways being the whole of practice, letting go again and again at a deeper level, letting go of clinging to anything whatsoever. I just love the word letting go, just the feel of that. Let's see what it feels like in your body right now, just to hear letting go. So you can take this into, these are words from Ajahn Chah, many of you may have heard before, a Thai forest master. If you let go a little, you will have a little peace. If you let go a lot, you will have a lot of peace. If you let go completely, you will have complete peace. Your struggles with the world will come to an end. Sounds pretty promising, doesn't it? So we really open to this understanding that peace is possible in any moment. And really peace is here in any moment. It's only due to the confusion that's present they're hanging on to wanting things to be different than what they are or to get rid of something that we don't like. It's only due to this confusion that we don't see that peace is here in every moment. So I'll speak tonight about the intention of letting go and three parts of the talk. First, the intention itself. I underline intention, the intention of letting go and the practice itself, the practice around the letting go, the letting go of clinging, the letting go of wanting to hold on to what we like, to push away what we don't like. So letting go of this clinging. And then the fruit, the fruit of the practice. And the fruit is the letting go itself. And the letting go not, doesn't happen by our 
making it happen. It happens through the intention, through the practice, and through the clear seeing of present awareness. And through that clear seeing, the actual letting go happens. And we realize the great benefits of the practice, the great fruit of the practice, that great peace, ultimately the complete peace that Ajahn Chah was talking about in that quote. So the Dharma, the truth, reveals itself. It really takes care of itself. Our job is simply to practice present awareness, to practice mindfulness, and let the clarity arise by itself, let the wisdom arise by itself. For many years in my practice, I didn't quite get this. I kept trying to figure things out, just around the edges, trying to make things happen. Really just got in the way of practice. I really urge you not to make that mistake that I made for many years. Just to have that intention of complete presence for whatever is arising. When I say that we have that intention of letting go, letting go of the wanting and the not wanting, it doesn't mean that we don't still take action. We still take the appropriate action in response to circumstances, the skillful action that's for the benefit of ourselves in a healthy way or for for the benefit of others. With an attitude of non-harming, perhaps an attitude of loving-kindness, goodwill. And with this intention, with this practice of present awareness, we're creating some space, creating some space, some letting go that allows us to see things more clearly, to actually see the wanting and the not wanting that's going on, the unsatisfactoriness of that, that then allows that letting go to happen by itself. I want to just pull an ordinary example. So an example from this weekend. Uh, there was a street party right in front of my house. Once a year, my block in the city, I live in the Castro. We have a street party, and it's a great way to connect with neighbors. It's a long city block, so I don't often get to talk to so many neighbors. Usually not healthy food there, so I had a big plate of vegetables before going out, but I kind of thought, maybe I'll have a nice sweet when I get to the street party. So I was talking to neighbors, connecting, Before I started the conversation, I checked out the dessert table. Nothing looked particularly good. So I thought, I'll wait and see what comes along later. So I started a conversation about 25 feet away from the dessert table, and just to the right of the person I was talking to, beginning to connect with the intention of being present with this person to get to know him better, I caught the sight of someone putting down a plate. It looked like a plate of brownies. Look very pleasant. I want these brownies. <laughs> I wasn't really with the person I was talking to. <laughs> so I caught it, let go of it, returned to the conversation. About 30 seconds later, I see someone else taking those brownies. <laughs> They're all going to go away. They're not going to be there by the time I get there. <laughs> I could really, I really had the intention for being present with this and seeing the clinging that was going on, and it was pulling me away from that person. So my heart wasn't present. Our deepest wish is to be fully present, to connect with people. And this was a distraction from that. And I actually thought, and this is a very small thing, but because I was in the middle of also preparing this talk, 
I thought of the moment of the Buddha's awakening. Before, in the night of the Buddha's awakening, the Buddha was attacked by the forces of Mara, by greed, hatred, and delusion. And the Buddha said, I see you, Mara. I see these forces. And simply by the seeing, he let go. That thought actually arose. Can't say that that arises in such a normal way in daily life, but I was a little bit inspired. So I thought of that, and then I finally let go of the desire for those brownies and returned fully to the conversation and made a nice heart connection with that person. As I finished the conversation, and about 30 seconds later, I found myself walking directly there. (laughs) And I got up to the brownies. They weren't brownies. There was some other sweet with chocolate icing on top from 25 feet away. I was imagining there was something different. (laughs) And when I saw them up close, they didn't look at all appealing. (laughs) All gone. Completely gone. So... We can feel that in a meditation too. Maybe you felt some of that wanting, not wanting just now in the sitting. Now maybe wanting the peaceful mind state that was present a week ago when you sat. Or maybe not wanting your neighbor to be fidgeting. Or not wanting the physical sensations that may be unpleasant that you were experiencing. So our call in practice is to be present for all of that, to see it, to recognize there is no good or bad meditation. Another place where I got caught for a long time. There is no good or bad meditation. There's no right or wrong in meditation. It's simply being present with that intention of being fully present over and over again and then letting the dharma, the clarity arise through practice, not making it happen. Uh, we can be present for all of it. Uh, we can really be present for all of it. See that desire arise, just like I saw that desire arising with that imagined brownie, and then saw the desire fading away and pop being gone entirely. We can see, too, that we cling not only to the ordinary things we like and dislike, but we can cling to peace itself. So even peace is impermanent. We can cling to even peace itself. Ultimately, that too has to be let go of. So we really have have to open to not knowing. It's another word I love, not knowing. The real freedom and ease and not knowing. In my years of practice, it feels like the not knowing has only gotten stronger. Now that there's more mysteries, a greater sense of mystery that I've opened to with practice than was there before the practice even started. And it's such a powerful force for continuing on the path as, a, as an inspiration, this mystery. And when we open to that not knowing, we're really opening to, to freedom itself. It's really a a door to freedom when we open to not knowing what comes next, not knowing what comes next in our sitting, in our lives. It really allows a lot of space and just gives some ease to be able to accept whatever arises. So, spoken about this intention, the importance of the intention 
of letting go, letting go of the clinging, of the wanting, the not wanting, seeing it clearly, seeing its unsatisfactoriness, and having the wish, the intention of letting go of it. It's really a a relinquishment, a relinquishing clinging because we see its unsatisfactoriness. That's really this relinquishment, really I love it that it opens our hearts. When we relinquish clinging, we're moving in the direction of our own heart's deepest wishes for a happiness. For a happiness that's not dependent on conditions of any kind, for a happiness that transcends any condition, no matter what's happening in our lives. This is the the beauty and the promise of practice. And it allows us to to tap into those beautiful heart qualities of loving kindness, compassion, empathetic joy, and peace. Qualities that are innate. They're innate qualities, but the confusion, the clinging, so often blocks those beautiful qualities of the heart. And then talking about the practice, the practice of strengthening, developing the intention of letting go. So monks and nuns in the Buddhist tradition, the Buddhist practice, renounce everything but food, shelter, clothing, and medicine. When you think about it, that's all that we really need for life. These are the only things we need to live. And it's inspiring to me because they're willing to give up everything except the basics just for the benefit not just, for the benefit of realizing freedom and liberation, for the benefit of fully realizing that happiness that transcends any condition. And it inspires me because it strengthens my own commitment to simplify my life and to continually uh, renounce, you could say, renounce the clinging So as as lay practitioners, our primary form of renunciation is a renunciation of that clinging. That's what really renunciation is for us as lay practitioners. We can strengthen that by simplifying our lives, perhaps renouncing other things in our lives to support the practice. But most of all, it's that renunciation of clinging and really strengthening that, that commitment of intention. So practicing to see where we get hooked. I want to tell this story of where I used to get hooked a lot, my mini bus story. And it was a story that happened a lot before I started practice and then continued into practice where I finally started seeing what was going on. I have a fear-type personality. Still a fear-type personality, but there's been a lot of letting go that's happened around it. So this frequent story, when... Due to causes and conditions in my life, if a loved one didn't show up on time when they should, and they were real late, like my partner, now my husband, when he'd be late getting home from work, an hour or two hours late, I hadn't gotten a call, disaster, what's happened? Getting really worried, the fear, start to worry, oh my God, something must, must be seriously wrong, must have gotten hit by a minibus. This story kept coming up, getting hit by a mini bus. Not sure where that came from, but the worst disaster. 
And I could feel, with a practice, I could start to feel the opening to the unpleasantness, to the fear, to the identification taking hold, and then beginning to see it wasn't true. It, it, there was no truth to any of it. And the identification around it started to break apart and started to see that there was no substance to the story whatsoever, seeing it again and again. And eventually, the story came up and I started laughing. I had two, more, two or three more times this story coming up where I laughed. I laughed out loud to myself, seeing the ridiculousness of it. And then it stopped. The story doesn't come up anymore. So I'm still a fear-type personality. Fear may come up when, when loved ones don't arrive on time. Maybe it's a natural thing to feel some fear. But it doesn't take on this whole grand life, this whole grand story that causes this round of suffering. So this is part of what we're doing in, in practice. We're breaking through to see the illusions of identification around these patterns and breaking these patterns. And we kind of breaking through the habits of clinging uh, that really create so much confusion. So it really supports the practice of letting go. And again, I say all of this practice is paying attention in sitting in our daily lives is in the benefit of cultivating this letting go, this letting go of clinging, this letting go of wanting to make permanent, to make solid the things we like, to get rid of the things we don't like, that leads this kind of if-only view, this, this view of if-only. If only my partner, my parent wasn't like this, then I could be really happy. Or if only I could get just enough money, my savings account, then I could be happy for the rest of my life. Everything would be settled. Or if only my health problem would just go away or get better enough, it wouldn't be so disturbing in my life then I'd have real happiness. Does that sound familiar to some of you? But it's all illusion. We're everything of our body, everything of our mind is impermanent. There's, there's nothing in that mix to be called self. So there's no lasting happiness whatsoever to be found going to bring us lasting happiness in our lives because everything is going to keep changing. And we're drawn to this practice because we see a higher happiness that's not dependent on conditions. And this letting go of clinging is a key. But we need to see, we need to have the courage to open to really seeing the suffering that goes on, to seeing and knowing suffering directly in seeing the cause of suffering, which is this clinging. So, this wanting things to be different, I'll tell this little story. One of the things that brought me to practice, I had a lot of uh, pain in my body, a lot of pain in my lower abdomen. And it would come at a particular time of day every day, and I really wanted to get rid of this. And doctors couldn't find the cause, medication didn't help. Uh, 
tried acupuncture, tried yoga, still had this pain, really just hated this. And I thought if I start meditation, maybe that will let me get rid of it. I can get rid of it. So when I sat, I got the instruction, go into the sensation. So I went into the sensation. Took some courage, there was some resistance. Went into the, the heat, the throbbing, open to the emotions that arose. A lot of emotions held in the body. Eventually, with time, the recognition, it was just sensation. It was just sensation. The pain was entirely due to the resistance, to the not liking. Quite miraculous. And it's not always true. Kind of as kind of a reminder, last, last night I stubbed my toe that's black and blue, and sometimes pain is real. Sometimes the <laughs> physical conditions that we have are real, and there's no, doesn't matter whether we're clinging or not, it's, it's, it, it is uncomfortable and painful. But there's no question also that a lot of the pain we experience is magnified because of the resistance to an unpleasant sensation. And with our practice, we can let go many of those difficult sensations we can let go, or we can give, just allow greater sense around a sensation that may, may be painful. Just bring more peace and ease, more space, even though that pain is still there. So again, we have to be willing to go into that discomfort, have to see the suffering directly and the cause of the suffering. So, also, um, I do uh, hospice volunteer work. Last year I mentioned this when I was here too, and such a powerful reminder on the possibility of peace in any moment when there's no clinging. Basically, if there's clinging, if there's wanting, not wanting, there's suffering. The clinging is the cause of suffering. And if there's no clinging, there is peace. So seeing this in powerful ways at times in being with the dying, it's such a reminder of the possibility of this peace at any moment in our lives that to see a person right before death who is totally at peace, who isn't trying to hang on to life, isn't trying to rush out of it, isn't judging anything from what happened earlier in their life, just fully present. The heart is so miraculously open. There's such a dropping away of all boundaries between self and other. Self really disappears. So that's been my particular Dharma gate and powerfully seeing the the freedoms that, that is possible at any moment in life through the letting go. So we really create, through the practice, we begin to more and more direct our attention to this letting go and seeing the benefits of the letting go. Seeing the fruits of the practice opening the heart further and further. It's like a purification process, this word purification of practice, purification of the heart. It's often used. 
So I want to talk then about this fruit of the practice of the intention of letting go, a fruit of practice of where the fruit is realized as a letting go itself, the actual letting go of clinging and the experience of that happiness that's not dependent on conditions, the freedom that we all experience in our lives in ways at times and that really gives us glimpses of a deeper freedom. So some examples where you may experience this, maybe when you're in nature and you're just fully in nature, not thinking about your work life, your family life, just fully in nature, you can experience that moment of great ease and peace. Or simply seeing a sunset, you know the sunset's not going to last, you're not going to try and hang on to the sunset, just being fully right there, just those magic moments that maybe your heart feels something magical in that moment. Sometimes I feel it watching modern dance. I love modern dance and ballet. My favorite San Francisco ballet dancer, Yan Yan Tan. Sometimes I see her and just everything drops away. And it's just this magical moment. And this magic too, when that everything drops away, full presence, the heart's always so open. Miracle how these how these things fit together. Sometimes too I experience in that experience that in being with the dying, just fully present. There's really no place to be when you're with no no place to be other than fully present when you're with someone who's dying because it just get pulled into it. And it can actually be a, a sense of great freedom even in that situation. The Buddha placed a great emphasis on, uh, in his his time, in giving instructions to practitioners to go to the charnel grounds as a way of reflecting on impermanence and really to see clearly nothing of this body, nothing of this mind that can be called me, mine, or I. Nothing permanent whatsoever about it. So the reflection on death can be a powerful tool to support the letting go, to support the the holding on that is so often rooted in the misbelief that there's something permanent to be found in this world that's going to bring long-lasting, stable happiness for the rest of our lives when absolutely nothing is solid in this material world. So we recognize a higher happiness comes from the release. A higher happiness comes from the release of the clinging, grasping to what we like, pushing away what we don't like, that this itself is a cause of suffering. The condition itself is actually not the cause of suffering. It doesn't matter what condition is present. This is a realization of freedom, that the freedom of ultimate freedom is not in any way dependent on conditions. The happiness is beyond any condition. So the more we see this, the more we surrender to the present awareness. I love the word surrender. It's not 
doesn't mean defeated. It means just letting go to the present awareness. So present awareness is how we see clearly how the deepest understanding of the Dharma is realized, how our hearts are released from confusion, how these beautiful qualities of the heart are allowed to fully arise in response to any condition. This is the, the path of practice. This is a, the new grooves that were kind of new grooves, new patterns we're establishing through our practice that are more and more on the right track that are based on clear understanding rather than based on confusion. A quote from the Diamond Sutra from the Buddha, develop a mind that doesn't cling to anything. Develop a mind that doesn't cling to anything. So some, uh, just some tips I'll mention for supporting this letting go, this renunciation of needing bringing more peace in our lives, really using mindfulness of the body. I, in my work life, I really have the intention of doing this. I miss an awful lot. But I, when I have the alarm bell of impatience, our anger, our fear, it's a little <coughs> alarm bell. Okay, check in. What's going on in the body? What's being felt in the body? Where is it felt? What's the emotion that's being felt? Watching that arise and pass away, and taking the pause, taking time to see what's going on, taking a pause, often allows the letting go of the clinging. And try setting an intention for giving up some small things in life, maybe some bigger things if you want. But this supports the practice of renunciation, of letting go. You may be inspired by monks and nuns to do this in their practice. About 20 years ago, I gave up TV. Uh, I know I haven't had a working TV in my house in 20 years. It's great. I love it. <laughs> Every once in a while, I talk to TV reporters and tell them that, and they think that's the greatest thing, that I don't have a working TV. <laughs> it's not the end of the world if I see it. I watched the other night. I was at a friend's house and watching the playoff games, so there's times I still will watch it, but I don't have it in my house. A great thing to renounce is a difficulty in a relationship. So small things we can have with loved ones in our lives where things that about that person that bug us and try renouncing one small thing. A few years ago, I renounced having to do anything about my partner not doing his breakfast dishes. So I can just see, okay, didn't do his dishes again. But he always ends up doing it. Before I get home from work, they're clean. And it's, it's an opportunity to watch what goes on in the mind, see the patterns, see it's no big deal, see it's all okay. And it really supports more ease in the relationship too, not to get stuck in the small stuff, not to sweat the small stuff. So I encourage you to think about that. And ultimately the happiness comes from within. I was talking last week to my best friend from college, not a Buddhist practitioner, but has a wise heart. And... Um, Seven years ago, he lost everything he had in the kitchen from a kitchen fire in his house. Had a fire that started in the kitchen, lost everything he'd collected over 50, 52 years of his life. And he told me on the phone last week, he said, you know, I'm really glad I lost all that. I, I, <laughs> he was freed from it. He said, you know, it's like I lost all of those things. And I see 
The happiness is from within and not those things. It's a really strong statement. Now I want to emphasize I'm not suggesting you give up your career, your career goals or personal goals, but maybe let go around the outcome. Now you can have a goal, a plan, but if you let go around the outcome, you're creating some sense of space and ease. It's never going to come out the way we think it is anyway. And you can just have fun along the way, even if you do have an important personal goal or career goal, if you allow that sense of space and ease and let the direction flow and move, opening to the don't know, letting go around the goal itself, can bring a lot more happiness into your life. And really, it feels more fully alive. Feels more fully al- I feel more fully alive with practices as I've opened the mystery to the not knowing what's going to come next, to the not needing to know what comes next, to not trying to figure things out. More and more I find I let go of goals in life. And interestingly, in my career, I found the more I let go of doing, the better thing, everything works. Kind of miraculous. Seems like you should do to get things to work, but the less I do, the better things work. <laughs> Maybe I've just been in the way in my job all these years. <laughs> I think some people would say that, I wouldn't agree with that. But, uh, ultimately, our happiness doesn't depend on conditions. You know, it doesn't depend on conditions. And our happiness is, supporting by, is supported by this letting go of needing and by this practice of present awareness. So we really bring more and more peace into our lives in this way. So I'd like to close with uh, two quotes. So the first quote is from Bhikkhu Bodhi. Uh, an inspirational figure who's translated almost all of the, I think maybe all of the Buddha's texts now. Um, a great gift to all of us that he's offered. This is a quote from Bhikkhu Bodhi on the Eightfold Path. And what I've been speaking about is really from the Eightfold Path is right intention. And right intention includes the intention of renunciation, of letting go, the intention of goodwill, and the intention of non-harming. I'm speaking on one small part of the Eightfold Path. In speaking on renunciation, Bhukkhu Bodhi says, to move from desire to renunciation, letting go for us. To move from desire to renunciation is not, as might be imagined, to move from happiness to grief, from abundance to destitution, It is to pass from gross, entangling pleasures to an an exalted happiness and peace. The entire course of practice, from start to finish, can in fact be seen as an evolving process of renunciation, of letting go. And then this quote from a poet who I consider almost a Buddhist practitioner, and he actually acknowledged that he could well have been a Buddhist, is uh, T.S. Eliot from the Four Quartets. 
we shall not we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time so Peace and freedom are here and now. I guess that's the most important part of the message. And as Gil sometimes says, it's all okay. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for your attention. Close our eyes for a minute just to offer the merit of our practice. May the merit of our time together, of our practice, be for the benefit of all beings, for all beings to be free from suffering, to realize the end of suffering. May it be so. So I'll be, uh, I'll stay around up front if anyone has any questions for me. Thank you.